surrounding of people who are loyal to you and, and like you said, who will keep your ego in check and who got your best interest at that. Not surrounding the people who, you know, are around you for for their ten percent gym fee or around you for, you know, you're gonna elevate their profile. You know, that should come hand in hand, you know, by my coaches investing in me from such a young age. You know, me being who I am now and Brett being who he is now and the boys coming up, we've got this rep well gym profile elevates as I elevate sort of thing. Whereas, Naturally, isn't it? You know, they wouldn't do it they, they they weren't thinking of the gym profile elevating when I was an amateur or when I was just doing grappling comps and that's why my loyalty will always lie with my team. Cheers for coming in again, Jack. Yeah, no problem. Good to be back. Yeah, appreciate in the, uh, in the studio. Cheers, mate. Yeah, it's looking more like a studio now than the garage. <laughs> it is, yeah. A little bit, but... It's nice to be in a studio. Usually it's uh, it's a Zoom call in here or a Skype call, something like that with with, uh, with a podcast. So this is like the only... Well, I've obviously done it before, but this is the only podcast I've done with with a studio. So it's a nice change. Yeah, it's a bit different, isn't it? I prefer like being in person, like even with the screen up. It's just it's just different, isn't it? I find I've, I've done like... I done one Zoom one and I had to delete it because I just didn't <laughs> feel comfortable with it. It's just, it's uh, yeah, it's more of a conversation, I suppose. And then when you're face to face, sometimes on the Zoom, like I, I find personally anyway, when I when I'm doing a Zoom like a Zoom podcast or a Skype or something like that, it it tends to feel more like an interview, yeah, than uh, than, than a chat. Then you yeah, know, so rather than two people just talking, sometimes it, it can turn into a bit of a Q and A um, b- between like the the audio gap and the internet connection and oh, I know, pe- awkward, people dropping it? in and out. It, it, it sometimes is, is more of a Q and A than um than an actual podcast. Like you know, you look at the the top podcasts like Joe Rogan and stuff like that. It's always face to face, so yeah. it's uh, it's a nice little change up. I think so, mate. It's, yeah, it's just more personal in it. I think as well. Like I'd love to in the future get like more people in and do like ones with three or four people, but. Yeah, like a fight companion or something. Something like that, yeah. That'd be good, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, t- we t- actually tried doing one, like, a live stream. Yeah. But the internet you need is, like, it's insane. It's yeah. Yeah, we tried doing it. It was massive lag. We, um... I, did a little, I do a little bit of a podcast, that, uh, the Tidy Butt podcast, and then we said about some, we was going to do something similar, like a... Maybe, well, we was going to do it for Fury and Joshua, but obviously yeah. that's gone tits up now, isn't it? So, uh, so we won't be doing it for that one for yeah. a couple of months yet, but... Yeah, it's nice. It's better. It's just better in person. It's just better. Yeah. Everything flows better in person than this. So you you can be more real. I find, whereas I you know now that uh, I put an act on for uh, for an interview, but you you're more formal when you're doing a little bit of an online Q and A. Whereas you you just speak. It's just chill. You just isn't speak. It? Yeah, yeah. It's much better. Yeah, and you get like a reaction as well, like off myself or whatever. Like I find, I don't know. Even watching like podcasts, I struggle to watch ones more so when they're online. Like you said, like Joe Rogan, you watch his, and it's just. It's all happening. It's all like connects. Well, the they dots go off on it. a tangent, like you said. They'll ask something, and then an hour later, they they're still on sort of the same starting point, <laughs> but they they've gone off in twenty different directions. So yeah. I think that's what, especially with the Joe Rogan uh, podcast, I think that's what sucks people in. You know, yeah. rather rather than just him, they asking the question, getting the answer, asking the question, getting the answer. You don't want to go and get what you expect to get, like. No, no like, in a way, yeah, you, yeah, you want to get something completely the, different. The, the the best ones I like on the Joe Rogan is like when he has um, the fight companions and and like uh, stuff like that, and it just goes in a complete. You know, it's like a fight. They've 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 done the podcast because it's a fight, and they don't watch a single fight. They just <laughs> get pissed up and start smoking weed and go off in a, in a completely different direction yeah, yeah. of it. So they're the best ones. You'd never know who won a fight, would you? No, unless it's a knockout. No, you wouldn't it, know what was going you're on. Not, if you want to know the fight results, there's no point watching them, is it? Because they just don't, don't even yeah. talk about it half the time. No, you just got the timer in the bottom corner. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> like, does it? it don't mean a thing. It don't mean but a thing. I think it's great. Like, I, yeah, I'd love to do something like that, and I'm gonna work on it. I got internet out in here now. Yeah, 
uh, trying to put that together, but so more than welcome to come down for you. Yeah, we'd like, have to but... do something, get a couple of the boys in, and uh, it, it'd be good. It's the, the problem is, is the fucking timing of it on the uh, with the oh. UFC. It's like three o'clock in the morning start. I did, um, I did the commentary for um, BBC for the Mars with Alan Usman fight on uh, on BBC Radio, and obviously it was like a f- three a.m. was the start time on the yeah. main card, and every fight on the main card fin- was a finish, and we still didn't get from there till like five thirty in the morning, so. I had about half hours sleep the night before, so it messed me up for days and trying to catch up on sleep. So that's the only problem of it. If they were, if they had one like on a, on a UK time, or like that's why I was going to do the the Fury and Joshua cards. Yeah. I know Saudi Arabia was going to be in, but we was opening for a UK UK venue. But even Saudi is not a massive time difference compared no, to when, America. When Joshua Ruiz fought, it was quite yeah, it was it was, it was a decent. Time I, I, I think right? I'm sure it's about I'm sure they're only like two hours in front or yeah. two hours behind something like that. So. Don't mind staying up like, but. It's like having a hangover, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. When you're waking up, when it, you're going it, to bed. It like lingers it. on you for days. It's like, you can go home, don't be wrong, you could go home 5.30 then. Like, it took me three hours to get home. So it was, what, I'd say 8, 9 o'clock. Went to bed for like two, three hours. Still tired then when I woke up. but couldn't sleep in the night then because I'd had two, three hours sleep yeah. in the day. And it just lingers on you for days. And then uh, I, uh, I'm i not the best of people to be around when I haven't had a good <laughs> night's sleep either. So it's... Uh, it, if they do a UK card or like a European card, we'll, we'll definitely do one. Yeah, for sure, mate. So that BBC thing, like, was that was it like a radio you were doing then for them? Or yeah, it was. Um, it was BBC Radio, uh, Five Live Radio. It was. It was at the BBC studios. It was me, um, John Gooden, who does obviously the UFC company, and uh, Nick Pete, who uh, works at BT Sport. Um, Nick's covered like boxing mainly throughout it, but in the last sort of five six years, he's he's done. Yeah, I've um, watched a lot of his stuff. Like the, and, and he's good. He puts out good content. And basically, it, it was it wasn't it was commentary, but basically, John had to lead the show. Um, Nick was there for like the um, the media input. I was there for like the the technique input. So all I had to do really was break down the technique. And but the the tough thing that I didn't really think about until you get is obviously the people who are listening to me and not watching the fight. They're listening to the fight. They listen to us for sort of a guidance on the fight because they're either in the car or traveling. So they know what to say. I've got a screen in front of them, so you can't really commentate on it how you would commentate if someone was watching yeah, the fight. You can't describe in front what of them. they're doing. You, like, yeah, you've got sense. literally the thing they said to me for you've got to be overly detailed in everything you say because, you know, there's when there's a grappling exchange or a wrestling exchange, you can see what's happening, you can half gauge what's going on, but when you're listening to it, you need like the the concrete to be really in depth and like you know he's putting his left arm here right he's going to do this with his right yeah. arm he's keeping his body here so that it took me like a round or two to to get used to it but thankfully all the fights were were pretty exciting and took place on the feet anyway so it wasn't uh didn't have to be too detailed but yeah I enjoyed it I gotta be honest it's somewhat different for me I've done um I haven't done commentary so I've done like um you know with cage warriors on the mic in between yeah. fights and stuff like that but I've never sat down and commentated on a fight but I was in good hands with uh with John Gooden and Nick, anyway, so they they they, they would have carried me through it. I think even if I yeah. was uh, wasn't much good, but thankfully well, uh, they felt like I did all right. So <laughs> you never know. I may maybe a career in half of me when uh, when I knock the fighting on the head. Mate, you you got to look at things like that, though, haven't you? Because it's not not a long lived career, is it? And no, it's not. You never know what could happen from now yeah. till the end of it. And look, I say this to the to the kids in the gym, and not not even the kids. You know, I'm talking. From sixteen, I got sixteen-year-old boys in the gym now. Yoan and Liam and Avi telling me they want to be professional fighters, and then you've got the amateur boys who are like nineteen, twenty, starting to make their claim. And I always say to them, "You've got to have a bit of a backup plan." Like especially the youngsters, I say you need to go to college, you know, get your GCSEs, and, and just try and do 
just tough out two years in college, get get a trade or get a course behind you because you know not only is it a short lived career, but people do fall out of love with the sport. I've seen it, Christ, five, ten, fifteen times I spent over the years where we've had a a kid in the gym, sixteen, seventeen, who's a machine. You know, you think this is he's going to be the next one, and then he hits nineteen, twenty. You know, gets a misses or start starts going yeah. out and partying with the boys and. All of a sudden, then they stop training five nights a week. It, it drops down to three. Then the three drops to one. Then the one drops from one a week to one a month. And then you don't see them. So it's a hindrance, like doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, and and look, you can't. It's a tough old game. People fall out of love with it and unless you want to do it. It's not some. It's not like um, football or rugby training where you just turn up there to be part of the team and enjoy the the social side of it. it it's one of those you've got to be personally invested in it. I think so. I always try and tell the kids get a little trade behind you. Not just that, you could get injured, you know, you could break your leg tomorrow or, or have a or a bad injury and, and they say, you look, you can't fight again. There's, there's boys in the gym with me who've had brain scans and drop the axe, so you can't take another punch to the head. So if if their only option was to fight and then you get it with that sort of news, where do you go from there? Yeah, you so, end up in a hole then, don't you? Well, exactly. It's it, it, leads, it leads to worse and worse things. So I try and say, I'm just, there's nothing wrong with having the ambition of being a pro fighter and fighting at the top level and doing it for a living, but make sure you've got that backup plan as well. I mean, I, I, I was the same at days. I didn't want to go to uni. I didn't want to go to college, but, but thankfully my old man forced me into it. Um, yeah. We like get a lot. We had lockdowns in like my second year <laughs> of uni, and I was like, I'm quitting. I can get in a job. And he was like, just come on, tough it out. Now do one more year and you can train full time. That's how he baited me back into it. I think if he had said, finish it and go and get a job, I probably would have knocked it on the head there and then. But they just... You know, for the youngsters, get some up behind you just in case, because yeah. it may come a time in three years where you may be injured, or you may just not want to do it anymore, and then you'll think, "I wish I went to college at sixteen and, and started it then." But you know, hopefully it works out from, and and they do get to the UFC and and make millions of millions and millions of pounds. But if it doesn't, at least they got something to fall back on. Yeah, they they definitely need that, and they need someone like you telling them that because. You're in a successful position with it. It's like it's working out for you, isn't it? Well, that's, yeah, uh, and exactly. For you to say that as well, because I'm sure a lot of people in your position would be like, "No, come on, this is this is the dream. Do just do this, isn't it?" But you yeah, get level-headed. It's sort of worked for me, didn't it? You know, despite getting the the qualifications and stuff like that. I mean, fortunately, say I didn't do all that. Fortunately, I'd still be in this position now. You you would think anyway, but um, the fact that I did it and I, and I'm where I am now, I can go back to these kids now and say, "Look, well, I had to do it and." You know, yeah. I've made it to the UFC. I'm, you know, looking at trying to become one of the best in the world, or if not the best in the world. But I still had to do that. Um, you know, if I decide tomorrow I want to quit, I can I can hopefully go and find a, a decent job where I'm gonna shovel shovel cement for for eight hours a day. Um, it's a good lesson in, in that. There though. is like you've got to do things you don't want to get where you want to be as well. Exactly. Isn't it? Like, you know, you know, there's there's two free youngsters in the gym that I would love. I would as a you know, I coach the kids, and as my old man, I'm you know being like a like a co-owner of the gym, always looking at the youngsters coming through. And think, oh, they're going to be one of our top boys in years to come. And I'd love to say to them, look, yeah, come on now, when you're 16, just come train full time. They go, they both got supportive parents. I'd love to say, come and train full time, and you know, make a run at it. But it's not, it's not fair on me, uh, on them, for me to be giving them that type of advice. You know, they, realistically, I, they've got to get a backup plan just in case. Um, and it doesn't hurt, does it? I mean. No. Even if they, like you say, it's a short career anyway, so you may get the to the UFC and have three, four fights and, and be back out from there. That's, you know, as good as the money is, it's not good enough to, you can't have four fights or two fights in and, and retire and live the rest of your life as a as a millionaire. That's you not spend it all pretty quick, can you? It soon goes, especially when the tax man comes knocking as well. It soon goes, so 
even if you do make it to the top, even for me now, like in hindsight, it's nice for me to think I've got something to fall back on should I ever need to, you know, fortunately, and or hopefully I won't have to. But well, you've got the gym and everything, you're setting yourself up well, aren't you? That's it, yeah. It's, it's like you said, and it's a good lesson to learn to, you know, you can't always have things your own way. You've got to do things you don't want to do in order to allow you to do the things you want to do. Definitely, mate. Yeah, sacrificing everything in there. Like you training MMA, I'm sure there's aspects of it, which probably some sessions you don't want to turn up to, innit? Oh, well, I don't. Well, I don't. <laughs> like, I say, people people say to me, I'd love to have your job training full-time. And I'm like, it's like any other job in a way. There's days when you wake up, like this morning, I, I, I come down here early, so I woke up, set my alarm, and I go for a run. And this morning I woke up, and I could have quite easily just put my head back on a pillow yeah. and had another hour in bed. I didn't want to go, but... You know, that's the same type of thing that people who are in a normal job are feeling. There's days where they probably wake up and think, oh, I could do a ringing insect a day or I could do a day after day. But they've got to tough it out, get up and go because they've got bills to pay. You know, if I'm not fit and in shape and training, then how do I pay the bills? So there's definitely, like, life is constantly about having to do things you don't want to do, unfortunately. Much, yeah. um, but hopefully doing those things that you don't want to do will, in essence, lead you living a better life and lead you doing a lot more of the things you do want to do. That's how I look at it. So... There's nothing wrong with um, sort of staying on the youngsters' case a little bit yeah. and make, making sure they're going to school and making sure they, they got their heads screwed on. It's all discipline. Like, you know, I read somewhere the other day, I've said this in quite a few, like how you do anything is how you do everything. So, like, if you discipline in the small things, like, it's only going to... Like, if they're like, oh, I don't want to go to school, do anything like that. It's like, how do you translate them skills into your fighting career then? Exactly. You know? That's exactly right. It's Like you said, it's, if, if I... You know, there's many a days where... You could go to uni then or go to college and you think, right, I ain't doing this. I don't need to do this. But then I think, like, if you want to translate that, that starts to creep in. If you start having that attitude, nah, I ain't doing it, then you start having the same attitude with I ain't going for a run this morning. Grow habits. Uh, I've, trained, I've trained Monday to Thursday. I'm having Friday night off from the gym. I ain't training down there. Or, you, you know, if you've got a fight coming up, oh, I'll, nah, fuck it. I'll have that chocolate bar. I'll be all right. Yeah. You know, and then the pounds start creeping on. So, like you said, get into them good habits as a youngster of doing the things... You don't necessarily want to do, but just sucking it up and getting on with it. Because there's plenty of there's plenty of aspects in fighting like that, you know, especially when it comes to terms like the diet and cutting weight. And nobody wanna sit in a sauna for for two hours to make weight, but you gotta do it. So if you were used to when a bit of hardship comes along saying, nah, I ain't doing that. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I can't be bothered to do that. I don't wanna do it, don't need to do it, then it'll come back to bite you in the long run. So get like you said, getting those habits. How you do what do you say, how you do something is how you do everything. Yeah. So it's spot on. Getting those habits of, you know, getting up and going to school or getting up and going to college, then you'll want to find it half as hard then if you do want to become a, a full-time fighter like these kids do. When you've got to get up and go for a run, you won't look to the excuse. You'll think, i got to do it. That's, I know why. And yeah. that's my mindset. Now, like, for years, like, as an amateur or, or when I was, like, 17, 18 boxing, I used to think, oh, I ain't, I, I ain't, I'll go tomorrow. I'll go tomorrow. I ain't going for a run today. I'll go tomorrow. Whereas now... It's like my routine. I get up and I've got to train, especially like Monday to Saturday. Don't be wrong, I have a Sunday off and out of camp I may have a Saturday off as well. But Monday to Friday, I've got to get up and do something. Yeah. If I don't get up and do it, you know, if, I can, if I'm injured or, you know, I think I need a little bit of a rest, I only end up punishing myself later in the day. I mean, like, um, I think it was last Thursday, I woke up and uh, my body was in bits. I had like a tough S&C session the day before. And I was in bits and I thought, right, I can't run this morning now. I thought I'm going to, Go to the gym and just do a light, light bit of bike and a light bit of, um, light bit of weights. So I did that. Uh, sat in the house then Thursday night. Wrestling was at like six o'clock, and I thought you're gonna have to go and do out. You're gonna have to go down there early and do a run. I thought, you bottled out of the run this morning, and then 
because that's my routine, it, it played it played out on my mind all day. So it come back to bite me later on a day. So 99% of the time, I'm just like, just get up, get done, and it's, and it's done yeah. then. Whereas if you get used to saying I and doing it, it don't matter, I'll do it another day. And then, you know, the Tuesday becomes the Wednesday, Wednesday becomes the Thursday, uh, no, I mean, Thursday becomes the Friday, and then before you know it, you're back on Monday. It's like, oh, I didn't do that run after. It, you know, it's, it's you got to get them good habits mentally, physically. It, there's a lot to be learned from from doing things that you don't want to do. Definitely, mate. Like, I fell, I fall into in and out of good habits, bad habits all the time. Like, I find being consistent is one of the hardest things to do. Do you know what I mean? Even, like, yeah, going when you don't want to. Like, but when I get up in the morning, sometimes I get up, like, six in the morning, say, right, I'm going for a run. And sometimes I've gone downstairs and I've gone back upstairs and gone back to bed, like, and I'm, like, I wake up then like two hours later and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, like, yeah. You, like, all, like you say, all day then you're beating yourself up like, oh, you're a fucking piece of shit. And I mean, yeah. I, I used to be the same, but I've sort of got in a mindset now of, you know, my alarm goes off, like as easy as it would be to turn it off and go back to sleep, I f- sort of try and tell myself, you're awake now. So you've already like, you've already interrupted your sleep. Yeah. So what's the point in being awake to get up, think about running and then, ah, oh, now nah, go back to bed, turn the alarm off and go back to bed. With it. You map. So I'm up, so I just as well do some up because I'm up. That's that's sort of the mindset I've oh, it's, trained it's, myself into now is like, if I'm awake, I just as well go. Like, I'm the same. I'm up 6.30 every morning. And it's like, in my head, I like to think, if I just get it done now, so if I don't faff about for an hour, I'm in an hour. And if I get it done now, by eight, half eight, I'm done till yeah. this afternoon. Everything else is a breeze through the day. Yeah, then. it's an you easy day then. you got no fucking issues. Like, then you know, are living the dream for the day, especially are. for me, like, because I train... Morning and so I do like three, three or four sessions a day, but nine times out of ten, that works out like two back to back sessions in the morning and two back to back in the night, or like one in the morning, two back to back in the night. So, ninety nine percent or ninety five percent of the time when I'm in fight camp or out of fight camp, like you said, my ten a.m. to four a.m. is a breeze. I can just do what I want yeah. between those hours. So, it's uh, it's all about mental hardship. Like um. You look at people like David Goggins and um, who's the other guy on Joe Rogan, the military guy, I can't think his name. Cam Haynes, is it? Do, Cam do you Haynes. Watch him? Is, yeah, there's another one as well. He's up at 4am all the time. Oh, Jocko. Jocko, yeah. yeah. Classy, and and they're the same. It's like, they've just like, you know, they're not, they wasn't born like that. They wasn't born with that mentality. No one wants to get up like no, that. No, like, really. look, if you listen to David Goggins' um, book or read his, I listen to it because I'm too lazy to sit there and read same it. Same here, yeah. I put it on when I was running. But uh, if you read it or listen to it on the audio book, he was, you know, he was fat and out of shape, no motivation. Um, I think the first time he tried to go for a run, he said he did 600, 600 metres, something like that, and started crying because he physically couldn't do it. Back on the milkshake end, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, and it's like, none of these people are born with that mentality. You've got, you've got to train yourself. Like, people say to me sometimes, I wish I had your motivation going running every morning. It's like, yeah, but there was a time at, like, 17 when my old man would have to force me three times a week to go for a run. Because I had fights coming up and, and boxing matches coming up, and I was like, "Oh, I just don't want to go." Yeah. Whereas now I can get up and run comfortably every morning. It's it's getting into that mindset. It is a lot of it starts in the mind. It, I really don't believe no one. There's not one person in this world that have gone for a run the first time and enjoyed it. Oh, you know, I know. It's it's, just, it's the same as sparring. There's no one enjoys being punched in the face, but there's there's things you learn to enjoy about it. It's the same with anything. You learn. You get into a good routine. You learn. You, you know, you learn to be happy in a good routine, yeah. and then you learn the benefits of having that routine compared to not having no routine at all. Like I'm a, I'm bad for it. I'm a creature of habit. If 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 my routine gets messed up, then like you play like like last week, it plays out with me all day. Then and like I can't snap out of it until I go and do what I should have done in the morning. So if, I'm exactly the same, mate. Exactly. So yeah. so 
it's like crucial to me. If I don't train for like two days, I find myself, I'm like, fucking hell, I'm depressed. Like I literally go straight to like, what the fuck am I doing with myself? Yeah. And then like one session, bring me back. But it's the best. It's a, it's oh, well, not the best, but it's one of the best sort of remedies, especially for, for mental health. Like the, like you said, stress, depression, anxiety, if I'm ever stressed, the best way for me to get rid of being stressed is go for a run or, or go training, yeah. go and hit some pads, go and hit the bag, do some take your mind off it. And <clears throat> Forrest Griffin said it years ago. I'm sure it was Forrest Griffin. Oh, it may he may have been on about fighting or training. I think it was a fight, and he said the reason he loves it so much is because it doesn't matter what's going on uh, outside of it at the time in your life, whether you've got bills to pay or family stresses or anything else is winding you up for the. The hour you're in the gym or the 15 minutes you're in the fight, the only thing that matters is our training session. And then it does, I mean, it doesn't matter how much I going on, got going on. For the hour I'm in the gym, the only thing I'm thinking about or concentrating on is, is training and the technique and it's, it's you know, really, trying not to get battered in sparring. Yeah. And same when I'm running. The only thing I'm focused on when I'm running, it clears my mind. I sort of go, my mind sort of goes blank when I'm running. I put a podcast on, focus on the podcast and just run. And the only thing you're sort of worried about, not worried about, but focused on, is, is getting through the run, getting back to the house, or seeing that hour mark off on the treadmill. And um, it's it's the best sort of it's the best sort of release, I think, for me personally. And I know a lot of people believe yeah. in it. If if you can just get out and do a bit, it'll, it'll take your mind off uh, all the worries of the world for sure. I I think like between that, like exercise, eating well, and like meditation, I find like I know you said like you think it's the best, but you. It's like no one wants to commit to saying it's the best because you don't want to like put people who are actually str- like no, really course, struggling yeah. down in it. Yeah. So, but I genuinely believe it is. Yeah, uh, it's, if like, it's not the best, it's definitely a, a very good aid, isn't it? You know definitely. what I mean? Like, if, uh, you're, if you're not doing that, I feel like you're not giving yourself a full chance anyway. Yeah, well, you know, I speak to um, obviously I, I got a lot to do with um, with Matthew at, at Tidy, but and he's he's always giving people advice and. I know the first thing he says to people when they when they sort of ask, you know, they message him for a bit of help and say, you know, I'm feeling anxious or stressed or depressed. I think, like, the first questions he sort of asked him is like, right, so how much are you exercising? What's your diet like? You know, how, how often are you drinking alcohol? And nine times out of ten, you start to sort of sort those factors out. So you start to do a little bit of exercise. You start to clean your diet up. They naturally feel a little bit better. You feel accomplished, don't you? You know, like... Proud, like you've been eating, you eat shit on a diet, or you eat shit on diet for two weeks. You do a good day of dieting on the third week. You you feel accomplished. Like, right, I'm back on track now. I feel better for that. And it's just it just gives them something to be proud of. I mean, when I say going exercise, you don't have to be going for a ten mile run. You know, go for a walk, walk the dog around the block. And it's then relative to you, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, everyone's different. You know, walk the dog around the block, or then in two weeks try taking him for a little bit of a longer walk. Then who knows? In a month, you may think, right, I'm going to try and do a little run now, and then. Perhaps a mile run can turn into a three mile run, and then you might think, right, I go go to a gym now and do a little bit. This it's relative. It's, it's what's relative to you, but there's definitely some. You know, if we look at the statistics, I I can't quote no statistics. I don't know, but I can I can imagine if if you did a a study on how st- uh, exercise and nutrition affects stress, anxiety, depression. You know, it it would be a lot higher than sort of prescri- uh, prescription drugs, in my opinion. Anyway, it'd be a, and it's a much more Alfie, a more natural release. I'm not saying there's not there's obviously a place for for antidepressants and stuff like that. I, you know, some people need them, of course they do. But if those same people could could sort of maybe half their doses and, and factor in a bit of exercise oh. and and a bit of you know good nutrition and 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 surrounding themselves with more positive people, then I think they they'd see a, a much bigger benefit there as well. 
Yeah, I think we're like we're we're in a world currently that's never existed before. Of course we are. Like technology, shit food at the like drop of a hat. Like we're not built for this. We've never had this before. It doesn't like connect us to who we are, who we've always been. Like and I always like I like the look of these people who talk about like going back to like nature and stuff. It sounds gay. Like a couple of years ago, <laughs> sounds gay. I'll probably get fucking cancelled saying that. But like years ago, I would have like completely shit on the idea of yeah. meditation, running, anything like that. I was just interested in getting pissed, eating shit, and doing whatever I wanted. But you start to realize like that stuff doesn't make you happy. We're in it in this crazy world, like which no one knows how to navigate their way through. And I think we've got to take a couple of steps back and what connects us to like actual living in it and like. Well, like you said, it's quite a to- you like look at the bit. Of it, it's quite a toxic world, like you said. Like especially around you. Like if I, all right, then even in Abbot Leary where I live, to to go and find a bit of a takeaway and then go and find a takeaway or Greg something like that, you you or a chip shop you'll find at the drop the at. Now go and find somewhere in Abbot Leary where you can have a salad. <laughs> you probably got Weber spoons and it's probably not going to be the best salad you, you've ever seen in your. Do you know what Definitely, I mean? Definitely, mate. There, there's like you said the the stuff like the. That go, going into nature or meditation, people would would never afford to use it years ago. But years ago, we wasn't dealing with the the level of social media and sort of. I, I shared something on Facebook the other day. It was like social media has got people thinking that you know got young youngsters thinking that they're useless because they're not earning six figures and haven't got a Rolex and they're not driving a you know a BMW. But it's like, what's wrong with with working a nine to five and being happy doing that? Yeah. Like, like I think sometimes people seek happiness as having money and having these possessions and followers and, and, and followers and likes and but the problem with that is it's never ending because you start pulling in a thousand likes and you want to pull in two thousand likes and then you wanna you won't be happy until you've got ten thousand or followers even. You got a thousand followers and you won't be happy until you've got ten thousand and it's a million. It's never ending. You start it's, comparing yourself to other people you've you got do. more all the time. If you can find happiness in yourself and, you know, find a job that makes you happy or find a little hobby that makes you happy and set yourself little goals that, that you can feel accomplished by, then I just think we'd be a lot better off. I mean, I'm not saying social media is all bad because I, I make a lot of my, my sort of following and then can I, I make a lot of my sponsors and meet them on social media. So it's not completely bad, but I think in mod- it needs to be used in moderation, in my opinion. There's nothing wrong with deleting the apps or putting the phone, we've just saying before we start, there's nothing wrong with uh, getting off there for a couple of days at a time just to give you, your brain a little reset and... You know, I, and I'm bad for it. I like I spend a lot of time on my phone, a lot more time than I probably should. I'm quite fortunate that I don't look into the negativity too much. But there are kids out there, like you see kids killing yourself these days yeah. over social media, and they send some like people say, "How do we deal with it?" It's like, well, we really don't know because we haven't had to deal with it. Just get the off social it, media, certainly like social media wasn't around twenty, thirty years nah. ago when our parents were growing up. So how are they meant? To, you know, how do they help their kids? We're struggling and getting and can't get off social media and a, and we're a, like a half generation. We like, are. We're stuck old, in the middle. Twenty six. Yeah, I'm twenty seven. So we're like we're stuck in the middle. We we like we are the social media generation. So the next generation is going to be even worse again yeah. for it because they are, you know, there's kids now. There's three year old kids with iPads and iPhones and you they think, don't have to use them better than me. They, like. Yeah, that's just what I'm saying. Like I never used a. I think I, I've always had games consoles and stuff, but I never used a, an iPhone or an iPad till I was. 15, 16, whereas now there's kids, like, they're like this from two, three years of age. And I get, like, I'm not slating the parents or slating the kids because that's just how life is now. Yeah. But we got to learn, uh, we got to learn, I think, or, or put in a plan how we're going to sort of deal with it and make sure that it's not having 
such a negative effect on I people. I think so. Like, I, I can remember, like, when the interactive whiteboard came into school, like, yeah. that was a fucking mental day. Next, <laughs> ne- next level technology. Yeah, like, I can touch that thing, like, and it does stuff. Like playing Minecraft. I never used to play Minecraft and mini pool on it. And it's like, these kids now, these kids now, there's some there's some schools about where every kid's got an iPad. Like, yeah, like well, oh, we've got the iPads for a session. This is a they? teacher, their school's all, like, they've what, all got one. Like, have got a fucking iPad for a session? Like, we've never had that. I suppose, though, like, if you're looking into the future, to a degree, if you don't put them on it, what job are they going to get? Like, well, that's it. Because it's catch well, 22, because all jobs are going to go, you're probably going to, even like a relatively mundane job, it's like, oh, can you take that off on your iPad so you've done it? Yeah. Because like, in work with us, it's like, you haven't actually done your job until you've completed it on the iPad. It doesn't, you know, whereas years ago, it'd be like, you just go out and do it. I think, um, like you said, especially if we're, if they're not, the problem is if they're not technology trained, I think in 20 years, there probably won't be a job for them because I don't think there will be manual man, uh, many manual labour jobs. You know, like, just look in the supermarket, like with the self-scan, like how long before every every till in the supermarket is like that? Yeah. You know, how long before, it's the same with like, you can go to a drive-thru, like a McDonald's drive-thru, now the one window you sp- you, you can speak in, or, or even you go into the shop, you can select the, what you want yeah. on the on the big electro. So how long before they start having a system behind the counters and, and in, out, you know, stocking the shelves where they don't need humans to come in, isn't it? So unless you're technology trained, I think in 20, 20 years, 30 years, there may not be many jobs out there for you. So it, like you said, it is a catch-22. You can't, you can't like take your kids off it because then they're not going to, it's not going to set where them up. Where do they up. go? Where, where do they go in the future? But at the same time, it can be toxic. Yeah. So, like you said, we are, our generation especially is stuck in the middle big time. Yeah. Well, they're bringing in, like, I don't know what your thoughts are on it all, but, like, UBI and stuff, have you heard that? No. Uni- universal basic income? So Yeah, I have. I, I tell you what, I only heard about it from um, Matthew yesterday because he cut my hair. And, right. and he told me about it. So, there's something along the lines, isn't it, of if the job's end available, everyone will have X amount of money. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... Like an enhanced doll, like an effect, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, they're trialing it now in Wales at the minute. Are they? How do we they sign are... up, man? I don't know. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We're in the wrong position, I think. But yeah, I think they are trialing it, and the, you know, ten years ago, like it was a conspiracy theory. But yeah, it's, uh, it's... look, I'm I'm not a conspiracy theorist by any means, and you know, there's things I see on the conspiracy, on in the conspiracy world that I believe, and there's things that I think is bullshit. Same, but. A lot of the things they was talking about, like sort of, you know, Alex Jones off Joe Rogan. Well, I sound like a right Joe Rogan fanboy today, don't I? But <laughs> Alex Jones, people like that. Be on there one day, mate. There was Joe things Rogan. they were saying like 10 years ago that are now starting to like creep in and you start to think, well, there, was a million, there wasn't a million miles off then. So like... I know. The stuff that's being said, how do we know that in 10 years that's not going to be a million miles off? So, I don't know. Some It's... It's a weird old world at the minute, isn't do, it? Do you watch David Icke? Have you ever heard of David I, Icke? I don't... I've watched him in the past. My, my my dad have watched a lot more of him than I have. I used to watch him when I was like 16, 17, and then he started talking about people being lizards yeah, and stuff, and the royal family, they're all lizards behind clothes. Like, they turn into lizards and He's stuff kinda, like that. He so, lost a lot of people at that yeah, point. Yeah, I think that, that was when I was like, right, that's enough for me. <laughs> yeah. But there's, there was a lot of stuff, in all fairness, I know we take the piss, but there's a lot of stuff he said that... Um, the sort of this this year more than ever through, like yeah. last March he did an interview with Brian Rose have you seen that like London Real I haven't seen podcast it podcast no. where he did an interview with him and like at the time I was like I can't listen to this it's, it's full of shit yeah. like it was pissing me off I was yeah, like nah yeah. nah do you know what I mean people are dying and they are don't get me wrong all respect to anyone who's suffered like during this but I go back I went back and watched it the other day and I was like fucking hell 
Like how said, much yeah. of what he said come true? Like he doesn't predict it down to the T, like. But who would have? I'm sure he said it may have been him or maybe a different one. They sort of predicted like the. Like, it wasn't they didn't predict it being called Corona or whatever, but they they predicted like maybe ten years ago or, or six seven years ago um, that there would be some that, that there would be some sort of virus introduced that shut the world down yeah. and Bill Gates, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Fucking mad, like I don't know. People got there's a lot of hate for Bill Gates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's thing is, yeah, it's a, it's a job, isn't it? We'll never know. We'll never know. Of course, so. we want if speculation. It'll, it'll always be, unfortunately, we'll never really know. There'll always be speculation. I mean, they'll always shut it down, whether it's true or false or whatever. So we'll never really know. That's why I don't get too emotionally invested. You know, there's as much as I enjoy a conspiracy, as much as anyone, <laughs> um, a lot of people like it's their life. You know what I mean? There's there's people who just all they want, all, all that they want to sort of involve itself in his conspiracy, which is, you know, that's fine if that's what they enjoy. But for some people, I think it can, it can take over life a little bit too much. You know, I try and say, don't take life too seriously. You know, as, yeah. as, as much as you, it's good to be passionate about these things. Sometimes take a little break from it as well. That's it, mate. And that's why I Same with anything. Same literally with saying anything. to you earlier, I've been doing this like, and a lot of the time I get people in his serious talks and stuff. And, you know, it's quite emotionally draining, like, sometimes. I, yeah, I can So bet. I was like, fuck, I'm, like I said to you earlier, I'm filming a load, I'm having a month or two off, and, like, because I just want to come back a better person to do it, because I don't feel like I'm fully effective in myself, like, at the minute. Yeah, sometimes you know? we need that reset, don't we? And uh, I got I got a little bit of doing it. I always relate everything like, back to a training camp, um, just because that's, it's your life, that's my it? life. But it's, it's sort of similar to a, to a training camp. We do a 12-week training camp. You know, you you love it for the first four weeks, and, like, the fight's getting closer, like by the end of the twelve re- weeks, especially after a fight week, you're quite emotionally and phys- not just physically, you're mentally and emotionally drained. You know, it's a between like getting yourself up for the fight, the weight cut, the pressure of the the fans and the media and everything. It's quite emotionally draining. So that's why it's nice to take a week or two off after the fight to reset not just your body but your mind as well. Yeah. Like you said, you've been flat out. You're having these serious talks with people. It's it's not always a light hearted conversation. Sometimes. You need like that week or two or even three or four to just, right, I'm going to have this off and I'll reset and I'll come back to it. It's the same with like a fight camp. You have two, three weeks off, ease yourself back in, then you're going to have a fight, but right, I'm back in a, but you're ready. By the time you you go back into fight camp, you're ready to go back into fight camp. Yeah. Whereas if it was like 12 weeks of training, Sunday off, back into 12 weeks of training, your career would be even, for me anyway, be even shorter than what it already is. Same with you, if you was doing this every single day, serious serious conversations all the time then it would you know it would get you down look like it impacts your life doesn't it? It look up look at even like joe rogan who does it as a job and not every podcast is with a politician or with a scientist or exactly you know with a nutritionist there's always comedians and and people he knows coming in to, to probably for his benefit to keep it like that they keep it fun same with you i can imagine like you know you just need to get away from the seriousness sometimes so yeah like you can't have like i couldn't have and it's no offense, like I couldn't have ten fighters in a row in, no, like because I'd be not. like, it's the same stuff I'm going yeah. over. And over. To a degree, everyone does things different, and I think it's the differences that obviously make the difference. But in hindsight, we're all doing the same thing, though. You know, it's all it's all fight talks, all training for a fight. Yeah. And like you said, it's same as you couldn't have fifteen politicians in a row in, or you couldn't have fifteen nutritionists in a row. So you, like, you can have like too much good as well. Like I take a lot from these these chats, like with people. And uh, try and implement it into my life. But if I've got like twenty different programs off people thinking like oh, I'm gonna try a bit, yeah, you just you it just overwhelms you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like you said, take the reset, press the re- the reset button, or put your, put your 
It's like putting your phone into charge. Put yourself on charge mode for four weeks, so and then mate. you'll come back feeling I, better and, and ready to do it again. I see you're doing a YouTube channel as well, mate. Yeah, dabbling in and out of it. To be honest, it's it's going good. Um, people seem to like being enjoy or enjoying the content. I, the thing with me is I don't just want to be putting training videos up constantly, like because people always see me training and there's plenty of videos of me in pads and rolling about and so I try and keep it like varied. But then on the flip side, it is tough because a lot of people do just want to see what I'm doing in the gym and you know what I'm doing fight week and stuff like that. But it's going good. We try and uh, it's me and my sister. My sister runs it pretty much. You know, she runs the channel. She does all the filming. Yet, and I, I just literally carry the camera around a little <laughs> bit, and and maybe you know, she comes up with the ideas. She's like, "When you do this, when you do that." So, I haven't done one for about two weeks now. So I would just we got a couple of little things which we're, we're thinking about doing, and you know, the gy- it's good now because the gym's back open, so I can get a lot more stuff of the boys training, a lot more stuff of me training. Um, you know. Tours of the gym, get, get, and speak to the coaches. Whereas when we was obviously in lockdown, it was it was private training, and you know what people are like. They get the wrong idea. I think you're training behind closed doors. So we we tried to limit it a little bit. I then. don't blame you. It's just not with the headache. People like to tell. Yeah, people just there's too many do gooders about. You know, like the amount of people like said. I know people who have said to my friends, "Oh, he's training down that gym," and it's like, well, yeah, he's a pro athlete. He's allowed to train down the gym during lockdown. Ah, no, nah, no, nah, COVID, everything's locked down. So. Now we we got a little bit more sort of free reign. We, we we'll try and bang a little bit more content out. Hopefully, I'll have a have a fight soon or some fight news at least, so we can do stuff on that. But yeah, I'm enjoying it. I gotta be honest. Like I, I never been into the YouTube channel and stuff like that. I'm not doing it, you know, to make money. You've got to have millions of subscribers. Know, yeah, so mental, I'm not doing it for that. I make I I could make more money off Instagram shoutouts and stuff like that. I'm just doing it to keep the fans interested, really, and and hopefully keep people entertained and it's just another another way from to sort of connect to me outside of, outside of fighting you know I, there's a lot more to my life than, than just fighting as, as much as a big part as it is so if, if I can give them a little insight then I'll do my best to do it but in all fairness it's uh it's my sister's uh it's my sister's little project to be fair yeah. she's uh she does a lot more she has a lot more to do with it than I do and I'm just a guy with a camera I'm just a guy doing a bit of training. She's uh, she does all the hard work and all fairness to her. So if I do make any money off it, she'll probably have to have it anyway because uh, <laughs> she's doing it free of charge at the minute. Yeah, she's uh, hoping for the return in the future. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. You, I know we're long game. Don't <laughs> <you> worry. <laughs> you you got to look at like Conor McGregor, say for instance. Now, like any footage of him from like whenever back in the day. Like that's that's that what you're creating, really, yeah. isn't it? Like something that could in the future maybe. Yeah, well, that's it. It's it gives. That's exactly it. Like you said, there's, there's videos of um, where you look at his documentary and all that stuff. Is he's took offline where you know he was filming himself in the Cage Warriors days sparring and yeah. in his UFC debut, and no one really knew we were. I don't mean he was known for the Cage Warriors scene, but he wasn't who he is today. Now, now you could probably sell those videos for for millions of pounds. I'm not not saying I'm going to be Conor McGregor level of fame and have that type of pull, but if it gives people a look back on you know in a couple of years, I think oh, fair play to him. He was he was doing that. Before we even knew who yeah. was, then then you know, Make a few it, NFTs or something. That's like, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that. That's the that's the new thing at the minute. Isn't it? I don't so, even have. I like. I don't get it. No, I don't personally. Know. Like, I had to have someone explain to me where I was the other day. Someone messed me. You should do an NFT, and I was like, "What's an NFT?" I don't. I can see everyone talking about it, but they they sort of. I think it's a. It's basically like a one-off. It's like a summit that's a limited edition, like a picture or a card or something like that. So never know, that'll be next, perhaps. Yeah. For the YouTube channel now, we'll get into the NFTs. We'll be on the <laughs> NFTs, mate. Yeah. It's like 
it's like crypto like years ago I didn't have a clue what it was do you know what I mean it's, yeah. it's one of them things I think probably find out too late like yeah well that's it yeah. I, I dabble in it a little bit but you know I'm not a, I'm not like a bitcoin master or anything like that I, yeah. I, I just I just take a chance it's, I don't put a lot of money it's, it's just a little it's a little bit like gambling really you know it's one of them I think is so it's so volatile all this crypto stuff it'd be great if you pocket your money off it but you can lose it as easy as you can pocket it and uh my mate does a lot of it, and I've started doing bits with him. And like he's, he, he hit the nail on the head. He's like, only put in what you're willing to lose because there's no guarantee you're yeah. gonna have it back. So it's is the that, same with gambling. You know what I mean? Only, only bet what you're willing to lose. Is that Robbie? No, uh, no so uh, my mate Colin have been into it for years. Um, and obviously I speak to Robbie now. I'm I'm in one of Robbie's groups. Um, so I get I get all the odd tips off Robbie. But um, Colin, my friend, have dabbled in it a little bit. Um. Five six years ago, even yeah. Um, so I I knew he was into it when I spoke to him about it back in December when I first had a little little look. He's like, just put in what you're willing to lose. Like if if you're willing, to, if you're not willing to lose under a pound, and don't put under a pound in. He said because you can lose it as good as it is for making money. You can quite easily oh, yeah, lose it yeah. as well. Um, but Ro- Robbie, uh, you haven't Robbie on anyone, but Ro- Ro- yeah, Robbie's good. Do like something with him. Yeah. Me and Robbie, I've known Robbie. What was I? Probably. Met Robbie when I was about 14, started training at the gym, and um, you ask him about, we used to go up, I was 16, about, about uh, 70 kilo probably, little fat kid, and, and Robbie was like a full gung lope broke, but he was about 60 kilo, because he, just, he was a skinny guy at the time, and we'd go up on a Saturday and spar, and <laughs> we would, uh, we used to have some good sessions, me and Robbie, obviously he's living out in Thailand now full time with his wife, um, but yeah, Robbie was a good fighter as well, if, uh, if he had put his head to it, he probably he could have done uh, yeah. well and gone far, but I think he got into the the stock market and stuff like that. Started making good money, and and just well, perhaps he thought he could make more money doing that than, than fighting. Like you said, it's a big risk to to try and make a career in fighting. And he's obviously done really well for himself. Living in Thailand now, does it full time between the stocks and the crypto, and seems to be living a pretty good life out there. Yeah. In all fairness, I, I like so, his honesty on all his stories. Do you know what I mean he's not? Um... He's not trying to sell you the dream. No. Like, he, he's telling you, like, you could fucking lose everything. Yeah, look, <laughs> that's what I like about him is, I mean, I'm not, I don't get how the, the charts and stuff like that work. I just take his word as bond. But I, from what I can make of it, it's like, you post if he wins, you, you post if he loses as well. Whereas you've got a lot of these guys online, they, like, try and give this persona of they're constantly making thousands of pounds a week and constantly winning. Whereas he's honest, he's like, this is not how it goes. Like, some weeks you make money, some weeks you break even, some weeks yeah. you lose money. So that that's that's the beauty of it. I think that's that comes from that valley mentality as well. He grew, he grew up in the valleys, Robbie, and um, I think he's just we're just honest people. I Transparent, think, and, yeah, like, and, and he ain't gonna go on there and bullshit do. He's gonna he's, t- he's gonna go on there and, t- yeah. and it cracks me up when he starts rinsing all uh, all the others as well. It's <laughs> know, like, like literally tags him in as if to say this guy's full of shit. Yeah. Like, like oh you. you don't change like yeah. he's a, he's off again. Typical Valley boy, not afraid of a bit of confrontation. I want to know how much like a photo shoot with a Lamborghini costs because I reckon that's what a lot of them are doing. Isn't it? Literally, it's ma- it's mental. Like they must make I don't know they must make a thousand pound or whatever and go and spend five hundred on it on a Lamborghini for the day so they can just take a photo in front of it. It's like, well, you really believe they own that Lamborghini? <laughs> um, like five thousand followers. Like it's, it, it's so it's like embarrassing. It's sometimes, isn't it? It's uh, it's baffling. Like I I've listened to um. I listened to the Fighter and the Kid podcast, and they obviously they live out in LA, and they're on about like Instagram girls who like want to like give off this persona that they're rich and famous. They're not like obviously they, no one knows who they are, and uh, they said like they're taking pictures. It's like on a private plane, 
But turns out, I didn't know, but turns out the private plane is a studio. So you can play for this private plane studio for the day. It's like in you. It's like being Fuck sat yeah. in you, but it looks like a private plane and they're like all taking photos and stuff. I got this set up wrong. Like, yeah, I know. You should, turn, you, should, you should just pimp it out, like spend a, spend a bit of money. Put a little like, make bar like, in here. Make it look like a mansion or something. But um, it's bonk. Again, it goes back to like social media. Everything people do these days seems to be for social media. Even like when you, like you said, even go down to crypto traders and stock traders and people who want to be models and rappers even. It's like, you look at rap, like I, you look at rappers on, on Instagram, not the big rappers, I'm talking about people with like 10,000 followers. They all got like these Rolexes on. It's like, right, so you, you normally knows who you are, then you're doing a little bit of music or you're doing a little bit of modeling, yet you've got like a 50,000 pound watch on your, on your wrist. Wouldn't you have been better off investing that £50,000 into yourself? Priorities. To, like, go into an house or, or investing that money into expanding your business, expanding your networking. But unfortunately, everything's for the gram these days, isn't it? You know? so, yeah, I, I took a photo like of myself like editing on my laptop the other day and I said, like, took this photo to look cool. Like, just like yeah, t- t- taking a piss out myself because I know it's, it's just bullshit. Like, yeah, literally, it's, it's like... I mean, I, I would never... I can't ever imagine me wanting to spend... Big money on something just, just to put a picture on it. So, like I love watches. Always been into watches. I've got got a Rolex, and I'm always eyeing up um, certain watches and car. Never know. I might treat myself after that after the next right. But I can't ever imagine me buying it just to put a picture on it. I'm like, yeah, I've got got a Rolex, or you know, it, they take the piss. Then they, uh, they there was a picture the other day. It was like guys who want a Rolex. There was a picture like a fish and chips, and the Rolex was on the plane. It was like dinner, <laughs> dinner tonight. That's like, was working class. People, people do everything for for online these days. Yeah. I, I, even like even down to, to MMA boys. It's like I see some people maybe hitting pads or doing jujitsu techniques, and I'm watching the technique, and I'm like, that would never ever work. You've just you you've took that strictly for Instagram, strictly so you can post it up and look cool doing it. And yes. Whether it's fighting, crypto, um, modeling, singing, rapping, anything like that, it's like you know, if you're gonna do it strictly for for Instagram, you're probably just as well knocking on the head now because you're doing it for the wrong reasons. I know. I, I I've caught myself in the trap. I'll be honest, like you know, and I hate to say it because yeah, it fucking yeah. feels disgusting. Like <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm gonna post this, and then it's like, fuck, it hasn't got me. Like, it's like, I'm like, what the fuck am I even? What am I thinking? Like, yeah, like I, you- I know, I've seen it, like. I've seen people post a picture on Instagram, right? doesn't get as much likes as they would have thought. They'll take the photo down and then re-upload it like eight, eight hours later in the night open at the right time. See it. Like, all that. That's what I mean. It's like, just, it's your page. If you want to put it up when you want to put it up and if one person likes it or 100 people likes it, what difference do it make, make to your life? Like, yeah. I can't ever, I've never looked at a person's Instagram and judged their coolness on how many likes they've had. Well, done. Me neither. I've <laughs> no. never looked at someone and thought, oh, you know, if fair play to him, he's he's a he's a wicked guy because he's got hundred likes. No matter if he had one like, I don't think I would look at him and think, ah, oh, yeah, he can't, you know, he can't be, he can't be that. It could be the same photo, you just the haven't got the photo, same followers yeah. or whatever, like, in it. It's, but what difference does it make? Anyway, Instagram should do away with the likes. They yeah. should do away. On, only person that should be able to see how many likes that is yourself. That way, you'd you'd stop a lot of the bullshit, in my opinion. Judgment. Yeah, like because people, if you take away. You know, if I can't see how many people liked your photo and you can't see how many people like my photo, people stop uploading the shit then, then they they just upload what they want to upload. Yeah. I think you like and like you said, only you should be able to see it. And then you may be able to like have your insights passed to like someone if it was business wise. Of course, yeah. You know what course, I mean? But, course. but again, I get that because 
you know, it, it's a good it's a good little tool Instagram for make, for making money, especially with sponsors and stuff. But you know, as far as like private accounts and stuff like that goes, what, what I don't know. Maybe, no, I, maybe, I, maybe I'm old fashioned, like, but, well, but why do you care about how many people are liking you know, or commenting on your photo? Remember the old like for like thing? The yeah, hashtag yeah, like for like. Follow, you like mine and I like yours. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, you see shit like, all likes returned. <laughs> so if they like your photo, are you going to go on their page now? Oh, I barely chuck him a like. I don't back. even like it, but. Yeah, it's, it's fucking wild. Isn't Mate, it? I, I didn't, I've had Instagram for probably like, I don't know how many years, but on my own personal one, I very. Until recently, I don't even upload on my own personal one now, really. Yeah. But I, I didn't really use it until this. Like, no, I was on Facebook, and that was it, really. I used to, like, I used to upload, I mean, when I first turned pro, I was uploading, like, four or five pictures a week. Whereas now, i got to remind myself, like, don't get me wrong, go on the story, because I have a lot of lot of my supporters and fans, like, like to interact on my story, have a bit of banter, or, like, to put my running times up to try and just motivate some people. You know, like, I know a lot of people... The amount of mess I have when I, like, say I'm running 6 o'clock in the morning and I put a picture up. A lot of people, like, fighters or, or just people I know messages. I was going to stay in bed this morning. I seen you was out running. I better get my ass in gear. And I've gone and done a run. I'm all for it for motivation. That's what I love to do. I love, love to put stuff like that on just to get people motivated, get them moving. But, you know, like, I have to remind myself sometimes to, to post a picture to promote the fight a little bit because I just, I think I'm over this, I'm over this stage now of, like, just wanting to post on there, wanting to constantly have like a social media presence. It's Do you feel like you're like a lot of people are ego driven? I feel like we're all ego driven. Like that's why you'd even buy a Rolex in the first place, even though if you don't post it on Instagram, you buy one. Yeah, of course. It's still ego, Look, we all got ego. We all got ego. Where can't we get away from it. Not, like, you know, like a watch, whether it costs £10 or £10,000, still only tells the time. I know. You know what I mean? Maybe an Apple watch is a bit different, a couple of cool features on it, but same with a phone, realistically. Like, an iPhone 12 or whatever it is does the same as an iPhone 6. They don't change. They don't very change. Much the battery's a bit better, and you know yeah. you, you can do better <laughs> camera and do this and that. But ultimately, they they do can phone text. And right, if you want to use it for social media, you can. But we all got ego, haven't we? It's just a matter of keeping your ego in check. That's the great thing about fighting for me and training. It's like you know you get too big for your boots, you you'll soon get brought down a peg too. Especially in my gym, like I've Brett John's. Stick you on the cage for fifteen minutes and you can't move. You soon you soon come down off your eye or so. You have you have I have amateurs in the gym like taking me down, landing shots, and I think well, so there's still work to do. You know, there's all well and good being the top dog in the gym, but who's yet to, to sort of give you that reality check and give you that ego check? Um, you know what that can probably translate to work life and stuff like that for people. But speaking from my point of view, you gotta have those people around you that that keep your coaches. Your mentors, your family that that keep you. My missus is the best. She check my ego all the time. Yeah, I get 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 let the ego go out and control. She still bring me down a peg or two. That <laughs> my mother. My my mother's a my mother's another one. She she'll happily bring me back down to earth with great satisfaction. A pair of them. So you got those people around you. If you don't, then you need to like. You know, I think personally, you need to start looking at your circle and thinking right, what needs to be changed here because uh, I'm sort of running the ship and I'm and I'm letting you know I think I'm the man. When in essence, I'm not. So yeah, yeah. that's a beautiful thing with fighting. It's it's a good ego check. Yeah, yes, men around you like isn't always isn't a good thing. Like, is it? You need to, uh, yeah, you say you need people to put you yeah. in balance. Like, there's there's no, you know, look at the best fighters or the best sports people in the world. They're not surrounded by by yes men. They're surrounded by people who got their best interest at art, but they're not surrounded by people who are tagging along to tell them, oh yeah, you this, you that, because 
they want to be cool by association or they want to, you know, make a bit of money off your name. They, they, the best people are always the ones who generally got your interest. Ah, that's why 99% of the time, the ones who you came up with tend to be the ones that, you know, are best for you in the long run because they knew you, you know, before anyone else knew you, knew you before you was making money, you know, especially, like, speaking again from a fighting point of view, same, same old boring me, like, but <laughs> speaking speaking from a point fighting point of view, you know, I still got the same coaches who wanted to put time into me when I'd had two amateur fights or one amateur fight. You know, there's plenty of coaches now that would, would probably have me in their gym being a UFC fighter and, uh, you know, being well-known, being undefeated. They, they'd take me with open arms, but would, but would they have took me with open arms as a one and one amateur? Or if they would took me, would they have given me the same time then as they give me now? Whereas my coaches have been invested in me right, right from the beginning, which is um, why my loyalties will always lie with them because I know... They're not doing it for their benefit. They're doing it for my benefit. Because if they were doing it for their benefit, they, they probably wouldn't have done it. It's, it's also like, yeah, you could walk into a gym which has had world champions or whatever. Is that formula going to work for you? Like, like Exactly. There's, um, how did they ever get their first one? Exactly. Yeah, like exactly. Gotta... There's, there's no such thing as the best coach in the world, I don't think. Like, we always say it, the, the, there's, such, there's only a best coach in the world for you personally. Like Coaching styles are different. Fighting styles are different. Training styles are different. People do everything differently. Um, what works for me may not work for you. What works for you may not work for... Or what works for me may not work for Brett. Or what works for Brett may not work for someone like um, Scotty, or which may not work for Oban, which may not work for Tucker. Everyone is different. So you've got to take little bits. Like you got to have... The, the beauty of our gym is that the coach will... You know, my old man will coach me different than he coaches Brett. He'll coach Brett different than he coaches the other boys. And vice versa. Is you got like I find with these big gyms, like you said, with the 10, 15 world champions, you got the same set coaches. This is how they teach. They teach the same style for everyone. And it doesn't always work. That's why, you know, how many big gyms have got 10 world champions but have produced them from an amateur? There's not many. Like no. you said, they have the one which which pulls more and more in. Um so it's all it's all about Surrounding the people who are loyal to you and, and, like you said, who will keep your ego in check and who got your best interest at that. Not surrounding the people who, you know, are around you for for their ten percent gym fee or around you for, you know, you're gonna elevate their profile. You know, that should come hand in hand. You know, by my coaches investing in me from such a young age, you know, me being who I am now and Brett being who he is now and the boys coming up, we've got this. Rep- well, gym profile elevates. As I elevate, sort of thing. Whereas, Naturally, isn't it? You know, they wouldn't do it. They, they they weren't thinking of the gym profile elevating when I was an amateur or when I was just doing grappling comps, and that's why my loyalty will always lie with my team. Yeah, I think that's great, mate. I think like just stick where you are as well, and and also coming from Wales and stuff is obviously you always talking about the Welsh wrestling and stuff. I love it. It's like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I think that's great, like to connect with people as well. And well, and it, the, it like especially my last fight, it it gives a bit of payback for the coaches. Like, you know, everyone goes on about how oh, good the American wrestling is. I've, I've, ne- I've trained in America for a month, but I've never, like, I never wrestled out in America as a youngster. I've never I've never even trained pure wrestling. All my wrestling training has been, like, the last five years, uh, pure MMA base with, with Carl and my old man. So to go out there then and sort of out-wrestle an American wrestler who's won, um, no, what's it called? NCAA titles yeah. and state titles and college titles and high school titles, to go out there and win a fight pretty much, you know, by wrestling, out-wrestling him, pays dividends to them, shows what they're doing is working, and should hopefully show to the other boys as well, look, we don't need to go 
away training. We just have trust the process. That's I'm a big believer in trust the process and everything, whether it's striking, grappling, even diet. You know, you got you got to trust what what your nutritionist is telling you eat. You got to trust it. You know, you can't just starve yourself. Like, oh, nah, I just want to eat. You trust the process and everything. And that's why I was so happy with the last fight is that um, you know it, it sort of showed that what we're doing in the gym is working because that guy was a top level wrestler. You know. And, Went out there and outclassed him in the wrestling, and mate, we're like an hour in. We haven't even talked about your fight. I know, <laughs> <laughs> great fight as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a good like, fight. It was, uh, it was a good experience out in Vegas. Um, obviously, it was a different, different vibe. But don't know why. Like out there, the no crowd felt different to the no crowd in Abu Dhabi for some reason. I think maybe in Abu Dhabi because I was just so rearing to go, and wanted to get in there and fight. Um, I didn't take notice of the fact there was no crowd. It was in Vegas. I could feel that there was no crowd in there, you know. Um, maybe it was because it was a tougher fight. It was a more more longer, more grinding fight. You know, I could do him breathing heavy. I could do myself breathing. Um, I could do every punch, every slam. I could do everything the corner was saying. My corner, I could do everything his corner was saying. So it was a different experience. But um, it, it was enjoyable. It was, I think experiences like that and those type of fights, especially with no crowd, if you can grill like that, and have a, a bit of a grinding match with no crowd to egg you on, and, and when you have got a crowd, it'll, it'll pay dividends in the future. But yeah, I really enjoy it. It was a good fight as well. You know, it was a it was a good one to show the level I'm at. I think whereas a lot of people probably thought that he was a nightmare matchup for me. Probably thought I was he gonna take down an elite level wrestler, but we got we got him down. Yeah. You know, we got him down and got the job done. Mate, it was a great fight. I can't like obviously I don't know if it's a lot of people probably said it like the decision was obviously a bit like, ropey, <laughs> yeah. wasn't it? Well. Honestly, like whenever you have a decision, whenever you go online, there's always like mixed opinions. But and or not, I haven't seen one opinion online or one tweet or one comment or one anything that that thought that he won the fight. Every, every single person on my Twitter mentions, on my Instagram, on my Facebook, and on articles and on the night was like, how the fuck did they score him? Mental. Two of those three rounds, like like round one, I I won clearly. Round two was close. I, I thought I won round two, but if you want to, like, you know, hometown judging and all that, if you want to sit on the fence, I could see how they, they give him round two, maybe, because it was a bit 50-50 in areas. But again, round three then, apart from him being on top for 45 seconds, you know, in the last minute, I dominated for round three as well. So I was like, oh, what's worrying is that they scored, the, the judge that scored to him, give him round two, give him round one as well. I was like, what part of round one did you give him? The worrying thing is, like, is if you have a closer fight, in the future, exactly, like this. Yeah. Well, what was even worse, the fight before me, um, the guy was in my changing room. He won all three rounds and he lost the decision. He came out, as, he, as he was walking out, I was walking in and he was crying his eyes out because I think he was like one and three in the UFC. So I can imagine he needed to win this fight to keep his job sort of thing. And like, watch, I watched like two rounds properly and glancing out of the third round and... He, he won every round, and it was like they, the one judge scored it three rounds to nil to the other guy, and it was like the, the one the first round he got dropped, tucked down. It's just baffling. You, it you can't take that back from someone, though, can well, you? You can't. You know what I mean? That's you, the sad thing. You know, you've potentially cost him his job for one, because you know if you lose, if your record in the UFC is one and four, there's not many people they're gonna let stay. But not just that, you've half his money, you've half his paycheck because the way we get paid, you get paid your money to show up and and your money to win. It's, you double your money by winning. That poor guy's lost half his money because you've judged you've judged the fight shit. You know, and, you know, like in five fights time. Say for instance, say, say he does stay on in five fights time. He's not going to look back and go, yeah, well, yeah, he's, he's actually got a better record than that. You forget, yeah, you don't forget. You? Like, of course you do. It's gone. The judge, don't me wrong. 
the sport is all opinion, so judging will always be up for debate. But there's instances where it's like, how can you get that one wrong? Do you know what I mean? We don't want this sport to turn into boxing where we're getting corrupt decisions and the hometown fighters winning because they're the hometown fighter. We don't, you know, we could do without that. We want to stay away from that. Um, especially at the top level, I get it. I don't, it's not right, but I get it sometimes on the hometown shows and the, the local shows, you do get with the crowd, they favour the home fighter, but come on, in the, in the UFC, how, how are we how are we having decisions? Like, it doesn't make any Especially sense. Especially with, with the no crowd, like, doesn't it? Well, yeah, there's like, no excuse, there's not even like the crowd, you know, like, if you're fighting America and in his hometown state, then he may land a punch on the gloves, the crowd go up in the air, you land a punch on his face, there's no noise. Sometimes that can so you judge. But when there's no crowd, they've literally just got to watch what's in front of them. There's no outside factors. So I don't get it. But thankfully, it didn't come back to bite me, you know, like like it did the guy before me. Yeah. But, you know, Vegas judges, they have some shit, but they deserve it, don't they? Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, it, it was... You just couldn't believe it. Like, it was all, all well and good, like you said, because you got the win, so it wasn't really... Like, there's no point, I suppose, making a fuss about it. No, like, there's there, not, but... but you, I hate the fact that I got like it's a split decision now on my record. Like so, if you just if you haven't watched a fight, you're scrolling from my record, thinking ah oh, split decision. That must have been a close one, but it wasn't a close one. You know, if it was a close fight, you get a split. You think fair enough, yeah, I could have gone either way. But I felt like I dominated the fight, especially in the first and third. Even the second, I felt like I did more than enough to win. But like I said, if you want to be picky, I could see how they could have possibly given him the second. But come on, I know like, oh, it's unreal, wasn't it? It's this insane, but. Like we said, thankfully we go out there with a win. That's the main. Have you, have you got like anyone in your sights? Is there? Are you wait? Are you waiting to hear from UFC? Yeah, now, we're, we're waiting to hear at the minute. Um, they've came to us with a. Obviously, I can't say where or when, but they've come to us with a couple of potential dates. No opponents yet. Just just waiting on um, on my manager Graham to get in touch with them. Basically, oh, sorry, them to get in touch with Graham with, with some names. Um, we're open for the summer. You know, late 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 summer. So. There's no one specific. I mean, I'd love to have a ranked opponent. I'd love a top fifteen. I I think personally, I probably need one more, one more win before I get a shot at someone who's ranked. But um, I mean, I just want to want to be consistent this year. I want to want to fight another twice before the year's up, and and I want to have a bit more consistency. The COVID obviously slowed down a bit of momentum. Yeah. Um, last year I had two cancelled fights, so I want to make sure I'm I'm consistently fighting again. I look, every fight now, for me, is going to be a tough fight when you're in the UFC. There's no easy fights. There's fights that are stylistically easier than some than others, but everyone in there is, is, is clad, probably the top 2% of, of fighters in the world. So you've got to be elite level to get in there in the first place. So every fight's a tough one. So, so I'm not into, like, just folks, no, I'd love to fight this guy, I'd love to fight that guy, because it could be anyone, you know. There's that many top prospects in there at the minute. It, it could be anyone, so... As lo- anyone that's going to propel me closer to getting a ranking and, and pushing myself up the ladder, then then that's that's who I'm game for. Yeah. Well, like you're saying, I expect the difference between someone who's like 13, ranked 13, and someone who's like, say, 20 or whatever. It's probably not that much difference. No, like, that's what in... I mean. That especially in my division, like the, there's probably 10, 15 guys who are not ranked. They should, they should be ranked. But then on the flip side, the 15 guys that are ranked all deserve to be ranked as well. So it's a, it's a deep, deep division. And like you said... The difference between like a guy who's ranked ten and a guy who's ranked twenty five is not a massive difference. There's not a different skill wise. There's guys like you know you look at people like um, Marlon Vera, Cheeto Vera. Then how good he is. He's not even ranked. He's not ranked. He's now. not ranked anymore. So it's like who did he <laughs> lose to? Because he beat O'Malley. Didn't yeah, he, he lost to um to to Aldo. Yeah. Do you know I'm I'm he might be ranked. He might be like fifteen or something yeah. like that or thirteen. But um, 
they, they, there's guys, I'm just trying to, like, people like Ricky Simone then. I think he's lost one fight in the UFC. He's like six and one in the UFC. He's yeah. not even, he's not ranked. And it's like, he, he potentially is still, could beat any of the guys in the top 15. So it's a deep division. So that's why I don't, try not to focus on one opponent specifically because there's that many good boys out there. You get caught up training for a certain style, then they could hit you with someone else. And they're all mixed, you know, there's good strikers, good wrestlers, good grapplers. So just anyone that's going to push me further up the ladder. That's At the minute, it's just a matter of like improving my own game, improving myself. And then obviously when we get a name, we can make it a little bit more specific then. Awesome, mate. Look forward to seeing it as well. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to give the give my supporters a busy year. You know, after yeah. last year, it was a bit... I'd one cancel in March, one cancel in November. So this year, we, we want to get get back active and, and get people talking about me again. Yeah. So are you and um, Matthew going to keep doing your, your podcast? Like, is that- Yeah, we are We are going to get them back. When we, between Vegas and... Um, Obviously, everyone going back to work and stuff like that. We've been busy, and you got so much going on, man. I feel like it's it's, and I'm the same. We we start to tie us both down yeah. at the same time. Like obviously, he does the tidy butt stuff as well as that. He's got a full time job. He's got two kids. He's um, he, you know, he likes to keep active himself. So we will we will get back on it doing bits, but it's you know, it's nothing too serious. It's just one of them for us. We're just gonna plod along with it. We are gonna try and get a couple of guests in, but. We're just finding our feet with the technology and that in a minute. We yeah. took us about three goals, I think, the first time to, to make sure it was recording. So, oh, I know. Uh, it's a mission, isn't it? So we'll get better as it goes. But uh, we, we do need to do one. We haven't done one for about a month or two now. So we do need to get back on the back on the horse of it. Yeah. No, it's good, mate. I enjoyed it. I listened to... I don't think I've listened to them both. I listened to the one. And uh, yeah, it was really good. So I think definitely keep going yeah, with it. Yeah, well, you know, I, I can... I know I'll, I'll, to, I'll to do a podcast a little bit from, from featuring on it myself and... Matthew got the gift of the gab, and you mate, you could talk, you could talk to anyone. So you know, fingers crossed between us, we'll, we'll work it out. Yeah, I, I went for a walk with him for an hour the one morning on his uh, on his challenge. Fucking hell, it was <laughs> he come hobbling towards me. I was like, <laughs> like I don't know how he's going to continue. Like, but yeah, it, the blister he had. Basically, I think he had this big blister on his foot, and he couldn't even get his shoe on. So he did the last day in like Crocs, he, and. Uh, <laughs> He said basically, he said he went in the shower. Now he said, right, I thought he because he obviously plastered it up, stop it rubbing. And he said, I thought, right, just get in the shower now, wet it, just take the plaster off, like redress it, and, and hopefully we can go get in the morning. He said, as he peeled the plaster off, the skin just came off with the plaster. And he's looking at it and he was like, I'm going to be able to do it. Like, he wouldn't have never made it round. He probably would have got infected. I've yeah. seen the picture yeah, of it. Yeah, it, like it was pissing down with rain as well. Like wet feet, he just w- it would have, he could have ended up seriously injured from it. I think so, but I spoke to him yesterday and obviously spoke. I speak to him most days, and uh, he's already he's already planning attempt to anyway. He's, I know uh, I spoke to him the other day as well. I don't he, think he'll live it down. He like won't. I, as soon as I seen he, you know, he, he come a little bit short. I thought he will have. To, I knew he'd have to do it again, and and he will. And I guarantee you the second time he'll cruise through it. He just said he was a little bit underprepared. That's all. Like, you know, didn't have. Um, didn't have stuff ready for like in case of blisters, you know. He said realistically, he probably should have bought like waterproof shoes in case of the rain. Didn't even check the weather. He said he said he just said right. I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna start. Shit, he said I'm gonna start it on Monday. He said look at the forecast on Sunday. It was just rain for like five days straight. I said if we picked it when it was dry, you'll probably win a lot lot less. Well, a lot less with the blisters anyway. But he, he'll definitely do it and. God knows where else he'll do as well. I think he's got to do it like for his own uh, he will, sanity. Yeah, like he when, will. when he come walking towards me, he had one croc on, one trainer, <laughs> and, a, and an umbrella. Like it was fucking hilarious. He's a, he, yeah, he, he's he's another one really mentally tough. Like the 
the Kilimanjaro challenge and um, Ever- the Everest challenge on the stage. I think I was like three days straight of going up I know, and down that's the stage. unreal. Like not just physically, but mentally. It, it just shows that if you put your mind to anything, you can do it. Like he, he's, he's not proclaiming to be like the most athletic person in the world. No, he's not... Not the type, you know, like a David Goggins end who's running a marathon every day. But, you know, like he's just, I think he's just a perfect example of if you switch your mind on and get your mind in the right place, then you can, your body's capable of a lot more than what you think it is. And David Goggins uh, says it in, in his book. It's like your body, uh, your mind will quit long before your body quits. Like, definitely, you know, if you can train your mind to just keep going or, or put yourself in a certain headspace, then you'll go a lot further than what you, you, you would think, you know, like, there's people, sometimes I go for a run, and I think after a run, my body's telling me, oh, you can't do no more, you're 5k, you're knocking on the head, you've, but all of a sudden, then you've done 10 or 12k, and you think, well, considering I was going to stop at 5k, I managed to, to knock out another five, so, your, your mind is a lot, I say this to people, they might, your mind's a lot stronger, your body, sorry, is a lot stronger than you think, it's, it's just the battle in your mind you've got to yeah, get over. Mate. If you can get over that, then, then you'll be fine. Like you, What do you do the other day? You just run, went and run a marathon out, out of the blue. Yeah, like I'm I'm like 16 stone. Like, and I, never trained know, for a marathon, at, never done no marathon If you look training. at me, like I'm not a runner. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, I'm not a runner's build, but it's just like, you've just got to just convince yourself you're not going to stop. Yeah, you just go, that's like, it. That's it. Once you get, I, and that's probably, that's a good thing about me, but it's one of my worst traits as well. It's like once I've got something in my head, I've got, like, I did a half marathon a couple of weeks ago and I was still aching from the fight. My foot was still sore from the fight. And I just told my, I was laying in bed one night and I was like, right, I'm going to do a half marathon in the morning. And I woke up, I was like, oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't really want to do this. And I thought, if, we don't, if I don't do it now, it's going to plague me for the rest of the week. And I just went, went and done it. Like, no prep, no breakfast, nothing. Just chucked my trainers on and done it. And again, a lot of it was just my mind saying, well, don't, don't stop. But I think my game plan for it was, if you run... Ten and a half kilometers in one direction, you've got to do it because you got to, you got, got to come back. back to get home. So that was how I sort of got through it. But yeah, definitely any any anyone in sport or anything, your your mind. If you can conquer your mind, then you'll be surprised what you can do. Yeah. Well, like with that marathon, I, that was the one th- good thing about Instagram. I was like Saturday night. I was like, fucking hell. We I usually go for a run every Sunday morning. Usually like half marathon with yeah. my mates, and um, I was like, fuck it. Put it on my story, like, I'm going to run a marathon or whatever tomorrow. So then I was like... You're accountable up, for it. Yeah, now, I wake it? up in the morning, and I'm like, fucking, I look like a right cunt <laughs> if I don't go and do this. So I just went out. I run a half marathon with my own mate, met with a couple of others, did a few miles, and then yeah. did the last bit on my own. And, like, I find, like, I've done, like, 50 miles before. Like, I did that last year. I did 50 year mile before. run. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I, I'm doing it in June as well. You want to join for a few miles? Like more than welcome. I won't be doing the fifty. <laughs> I can join you for a few, but I can't, I can't see me doing the full fifty. Like. Yeah, well, it's open to anyone who watches or whatever. If they want to hop on and do a few, like go for Brecon on the canal to Goitra and back. Yeah, and um, after that day, like because you literally, there's no two ways about it. Like you're gonna hurt. Yeah, of course. Like there's no, there's no getting away from no. it. Like you're gonna be fucking cut to bits. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Like you may find it with fighting. Like you just, it adds like a layer to you. Like yeah, I've, I, everything after that for weeks, apart from the first two days, cause I can't walk. Is like I'm a different person for it. Like I think it takes away that that fear as well of the pain. You know, once you've experienced it once, like you said, although you was probably in bits for days after. Like look at you now, you're planning to do it again, so it, it couldn't have hurt you that much because yeah. you're prepared. It's the same with fighting. It's like I remember being a kid watching, thinking how 
how do they, how do them leg kicks hurt, you know, when they go in shin, because you always kick with a shin pad, but then you watch them fight, they're smashing leg kicks in. So there's always that anticipation. And once you take one leg kick, it's like, well, it hurt, but, you know, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't kill me sort of thing. Yeah. It's the same, I think it's the same with the fight. That's why we keep coming back for more, because the buzz of the win and the adrenaline of the fight outweighs the sort of suffering you go through after it, you know. It's the same with, like, a weight cut. A weight cut's fucking horrendous, yet... We keep saying, I keep signing up for these fights, and it's like it's because the the pros of the fight and the the buzz of like that experience outweighs the cons of a weight cut because nothing will ever the buzz you have from a fight or maybe for you running fifty miles afterwards will, because nothing will come close to that. You find yourself doing it again and again, despite exactly yeah. despite how much it may hurt. But like you said, we're not made of glass. I try and say that to the kids in the gym, especially the youngsters. You know. Some of them, they're a little bit, um, when they first start, they're afraid to take a knock or they're afraid to, they're like tapping, you know, like, boys, you're not made of, you're not made of glass, you'll, you'll be all right. Like, just as long as you don't let your arms break or let yourself go to sleep, you'll be surprised. And it's the same, like, chuck, chuck the four ounce gloves on, you get clipped with one and you sort of gain confidence from that because you think, well, I haven't been knocked out. Of course, you can get knocked out, but we're not made of glass, you know, we're not, we're not just going to shatter as soon as someone punches us and, uh, to be honest, I think everyone should uh, should take a slap once in their life. I can remember, like in school, until you ever have your first fight, you're always shit scared yeah, of it. And I, then, like you 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 have a fight with someone in the <laughs> corridor, or whatever. Then you're like, I don't give a fuck, fucking fight. Anyway, it doesn't hurt that much. I like, mean, yeah. I think it do it do everyone in this world good to have a good to have a good smack because like you you'd realize a lot about yourself. You know, and that's not me trying to sound macho. I'm not a street fighter, or you know, I've probably been involved in. I can count on on one hand how many street fights I've had and. They've all been in either playing rugby as a kid or in school. And uh, so I'm not trying to sound like a tough guy, but once you have a have a smack, whether it's in the gym or in a fight or in a street fight, like you said, you think, well, it's not that, but, you know... I'm still here. It, I'm still here, and I, and I think you'll give it, it old people a lot more accountable. It's like, right, you know, I can do a lot more. I'm not... not there's, there's people, like, afraid to leave their house and do stuff because they're, like, worried about the... Yeah, but what if I bump into someone and... Like, people won't go out on a night out because they're scared of the, of the trouble, or they won't come to the gym because they're scared of getting it. And it's like, you know, you, you'll be fine. Like, just, you will be fine. We're, we're, we're a lot tougher than we give ourselves credit for as, as, you know, as a species. Like, look, look, look at some of, look at a gorilla. Like, a gorilla's not afraid to collide into, into, another, into another gorilla, is he? Nah. It, it's in their instinct. It's in their, in their mentality. They'd never even think twice. Whereas, we can, I think we can be sort of nursed a little bit as humans. And I think fighting and, Running fifty miles, something like that, sort of peels the layers back and takes us back to our sort of more of a primal state. Yeah, you you got to do it away from. And I find as well, like if I don't do it every year, I should do it probably four times a year because after a couple of months, it wears off and you yeah. start forgetting again. Like you're like, and you could I you draw off that when I'm out running like a half marathon and I'm like ten miles in, I'm like fuck, I should I just call it a day? Yeah, I'm like you've run fifty before, like you know you can do it. You're exactly. just fucking convincing yourself you can't again. <laughs> it's like you said and. It's sort of, it's the, you know, like when you do it, you never feel worse for doing it afterwards. Yeah, you might be in a little bit of pain, but every time I've ever had a fight and I've been in a bit of pain afterwards, black eyes, so like, I don't ever regret having the fight. I'm always on top of the world. It's the same with like, run, like running an half marathon. All right, your leg's going to ache a little bit. You're going to be a bit stiff tomorrow, but you feel great after you've done it. Even something as basic as a, as a 5K, you won't ever feel worse when you get home. Uh, you, can, you can enjoy that Guarantee... Pain. If you don't do it in the long run, you'll feel worse about yourself than what you would if you do it. Like I've never ever done a training session and regretted it afterwards. I thought, oh, I wish I didn't do that. 
Don't be wrong, there have been times before where I've like thought, oh, I don't want to do it. Even during sometimes I think I can't do about this today, getting fucking thrown about and <laughs> dump, dumped on my back and grinded on the cage. But afterwards, you think, oh, well, I'm glad I've done it now. It's done now. I, I, I feel all the more better for it. I think like your levels are like tolerance as well. So say you, you don't do it because you're afraid of the pain. Well, like you're not only afraid of pain of that and then the next thing will creep in, the next thing will creep in and then you, like you say, you're afraid to leave the house like because of, you know, might bump into someone and unless you keep it like expanding your levels or trying to stay the same, like you're only going to like regress into like a worse, a worse like paranoid, anxious version of yourself, also, aren't you? Exactly. And, like, the, unfortunately, when it comes to that, like the, the less of it you do, like you said, the, the more the anxiety creeps in, the more the stress creeps in, the depression creeps in. If you can just keep yourself moving and I think it's all about challenging yourself, whether that be physically or in work or, or you know, round the house even, like challenge yourself to, I don't know, do a bedroom out or or, May 100%, or, or something like, like that. Just, I think the, not, not saying it's the key to happiness, but the key to sort of keeping our anxiety and stuff like that at bay and just keeping yourself entertained is, be, is not, not so much being busy, but just keeping yourself, always having different goals to meet. Yeah. No, that your goal hasn't got to be to be a world champion or to run in a marathon. It can be the, I don't know, do a, if you're in the gym, maybe my goal could be to do a grappling comp. You know, there's kids in the gym and men in the gym that I've never ever thought to compete in, but all right, they could go to the comp and lose lose two matches. And But I guarantee you they'll feel some sort of pride and some sort of a sense of achievement because they'll think, well, I never would have wanted, you know, I never would have gone in it to do, I never wanted to go and do that. I got friends that did it when we was youngsters, you know, nervous, you know, not the most athletic, chucked them in a comp, they didn't win a gold medal, but afterwards, they, you can see they're generally proud of themselves for, for jumping in there and having a go, and it's the same with everyone. I think if you can set yourself a little goal when you achieve it, you get that sort of buzz then, you want to you want to set another goal, and, and then that's what leads to, to bigger and better things. Yeah, yeah. it's that whole Jordan Peterson thing, I don't know if you've ever looked at anything he does. No, um, I haven't. He's about, like, just get up in the morning, I can't say I do this line, make your bed, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Get up and make your bed, like, you've already set yourself off Number one is done. Like, do you know what yeah. I mean? You you you're already on a positive spin for the day. Like, and it's like what you say about the running, isn't it? And it's a constant theme, like in people. Like, I feel like successful people a lot of the time are getting up in the morning and getting things they need done. They're not they're not waiting around all day for it to happen. Yeah. Like, and it's it's like Goggins. He says, "Stay hard." It's such a simple message, and it sounds like like he's in like an eight ball, like in whatever. And it, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, um, it is. It's like you said. It's sometimes. We don't always need to be Mollycoddle, do we? Sometimes we need someone like him or, or um, what's his name, Cameron Ains, to be like, just get up and get on with it. Like, stay hard is the perfect version. Yeah, like primal, isn't yeah, it? It's, but it's, it's what literally we need. stay hard. Like, I love it when he's like that. Ah, just, I almost let my inner bitch get all of me today, but I told that motherfucker get from. It. It's like <laughs> yeah. that's to me that's brilliant. It's like you got him. He's like probably the most mentally tough guy on the planet. And even he's saying today the demons crept in. I ne- and I nearly let him to over. Well, then I. Then I just got rid of them. Like, how many people can relate to that? Like, where they think, I'm going to get up the day now, I'm going to have a productive day. And what do they do? Just sit on the set the whole day. Let that sort of inner demon, or as he calls it, his inner bitch creep in and, and take control. If we can just keep our at bay, where, like you said, whether we're making your bed and cleaning the house and then sitting down in the night, you've earned that time then to do what you want, I think. Just a simple message like that, like, stay small, hard. Small things, isn't it? If everyone, if everyone could follow. That sort of message, and not like the dummy wrong of running a marathon and fucking doing a twenty-four hour race like he does, but just a simple message of right. I'm not gonna let the laziness creep in today. I'm gonna 
I'm just going to keep it up bay. I'm going to do, I'm going to, right, this is what I'm going to do today. I'm going to do it. Once I've done that, I can do what I want to do. And I think we'd all be a lot better off. Definitely, mate. Well, I think that's a, that's a good, good note good to end it on. <laughs> mate. A lot of positivity. And thanks again for coming in, mate. No problem. Anytime. Um, we'll have to do, uh, we'll, we'll have to do the live one we were talking about. Definitely, uh, mate. I'm going to have to try and sort it all out, get it all up and running. Get, get the Wi-Fi up to scratch. <laughs> I know. Uh, you're going to have to fucking sort it out for sure. But yeah, awesome. Thanks. No problem. Cheers, mate. Um, Everyone knows where to find you. Yes. Jack Shaw on Instagram. I'm yeah, easy so to find. Jack Shaw MMA on uh, pretty much everything. Jack Tank Shaw uh, on YouTube as well. If you want to wanna jump on there and give me a subscribe, and we'll get some more stuff to you soon. Get over there. Take it easy. Cheers, mate.